and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. So happy that you are making us a part of your day wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. It is exciting to be coming into your world and letting you share a part of ours. We really do love hearing from you and we really want to know what you think of the podcast. And we're giving you an opportunity to let us know, apart from the normal social media stuff, we're, we've got a quick two-minute survey. It's up on uh, livehappy.com slash survey, and it's all about this podcast. And the cool thing is, if you go and take part in it, you could win some free Live Happy swag. We've got t-shirts, we got cups, we got all kinds of things for you that have the cool little Live Happy logo on there, and you could win them if you take the survey and help us to help you. Help us help you. It's... It's fantastic. It's all kinds of fun. And you can also find out more about the magazine. They're, of course, our partner. It's available on newsstands everywhere. And you can get the digital edition in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store as well. We encourage you to check that out. Our guest on this episode of the program is Dr. Zelena Montmany, the leading figure in positive psychology, bringing a unique and varied skill set to the wellness realm. She's the author of 21 Days to Resilience, a book I have right here. It's fantastic. It's number one on uh, Amazon's mental health hot new releases and speaks or she speaks around the world on the topic of resilience. And she is here to talk with us about that today. Dr. Montmany, thank you so much for joining us. Podcast. Yeah, no, I love what you guys are doing, and we actually have the same publisher for our book, so it's exciting. It's all good. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's. Oh, I've got the book in front of me right here. It's uh, it's a good one. I haven't had a chance to get all the way through it, but you've got some uh, pretty big names. Sean Acor, who's a good friend of ours, uh, gives high praise of it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to finish it. Now, when it comes to psychology, I'm like a lay person. I get into it like on a very surface level and I find it super interesting. How did you get into it and, and decide to dive like headlong into this field? Well, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. I wanted to know sort of what makes people tick, what makes you do what you do versus me behave the way I do. And I, I really wanted to kind of figure it all out. And along the way, I sort of became disenchanted with it. I mean, we study so much of what's wrong with you, and we don't study mm. what's right, you know, what empowers you and what strengthens you. So, you know, my, my psychology career and education sort of took, um, you know, an interesting route, and I started to study really the science of happiness and, and how, you know, that really relates to positive outcomes. The book is called uh, 21 Days to Resilience. So you showed some resilience early on. You're like, okay, this is not exactly the route I want to go with it, but I want to find out more about this particular thing. Is that what inspired you to write the book or, or what got you interested in this particular topic? Yeah, you know, um, this topic, so I, I'm a happiness researcher and, um, you know, I, I sort of, as I was doing the research and looking deeper into the research that's already been done, I started to realize that it's really the thinking patterns that support happiness that are related to these positive outcomes. And when I really started to look deeper into that, um, you know, I realized that it's really, you know, the people that are most successful and content long term, and I'm not just talking about sort of fleeting moments of, of happy and positive feelings, but really, you know, a deep-seated sense of contentment are people who are resilient. And I remember my publisher calling me, and the book was actually supposed to be about happiness, and my, my editor called me and said, okay, don't even think, don't even breathe. What is the superpower of happy people? And I answered without skipping a beat. I said, it's resilience. And he's like, all right, 
that's the book because you've been trying to convince yourself it's supposed to be about happiness and really it's about resilience. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly what it's supposed to be about. So that's, that's really what sort of, um, you know, drove, drove the whole book coming into fruition. How would you, what would your definition of resilience be? Like what would the person who is resilient be like? So, you know, most people define resilience as sort of bouncing back and persevering. And while it does mean that for sure, what resilient people do particularly well and what differentiates them from others who bounce back is that they're able to find meaning and grow from the challenges. So they, they, they become successful because of their adversity, not in spite of it. So it's not just a, yeah, I, I don't care what other people think. It's, yeah, I do care, but I'm going to use their feedback to, to make my next attempt at this even better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's not even feedback. It's also just I'm going to use, you know, the, the failure that I yeah. feel. You know, I feel like it was a challenge. I feel like I failed, but I'm going to be innovative about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really suck the juice out of it and learn something from it and use that to grow in the future and empower me in a di- potentially different direction. And I think this is a a trait of really successful people. I was listening to an interview with uh, John Favreau, who uh, is a great director. He did like Swingers and Iron Man and Elf. Yeah. And he talks about how, yeah, I almost embrace the failures a little bit more than the successes because it teaches me, okay, well, that didn't work and this didn't get the response I thought it would. But here's what I can do next time. And the next thing I make is going to be fantastic. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what resilient people do. I mean, Play-Doh was invented originally to be a wallpaper cleaner. And so, you know, traditionally that's a failure. But then, you know, someone out there was innovative enough to see sort of a, a golden nugget in that failure and to really flip it on its head. And I think that's what resilient people are able to do best. And that's really why I wrote the book, too. I mean, we all know resilience is obviously incredibly important, but nobody out there is really teaching us how to build this skill. And so the book is really a very practical tool guide. It's, it's, it's your, you know, sort of guide um, complete with exercises and all sorts of things to help you build this skill that actually declines over time if you don't. So, you know, we're not born with or without resilience. We build it, and we have to learn how to think about our world, and, and that's, that's really what the book provides. Do you believe that people, and I, and I think I know the answer here, but just to get your take on it, the, the people who are resilient, the most resilient, are the most happy? Is that a, a directly proportional relationship? You know, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I, would, I would venture to guess that. There really isn't a lot of you know, research looking just at those two variables to say, you know, definitely. But mm-hmm. given my experience um, in the space, I would say that resilience is by far a, a better driver of happiness than the quest for happiness itself. Mm-hmm. I think when people are so focused on, you know, looking for happiness and happiness is an end goal, they lose sight and they focus so much on their shortcomings, they don't really focus on on the good. And And I think that sort of that that obsession with happiness sort of can lead people astray a bit. Yeah, I've heard from a lot of people, I think a lot of the pushback in the area of positive psychology, like they'll find out, oh, you do the Live Happy Now podcast, so you must just be walking around happy all the time and encouraging people right. just to believe that everything is sunshine and, and great and fantastic. But that's not really what we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's more of, of how you deal with, with even the disappointments and the sadnesses in life, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, every, people say the same thing to me, you know, oh, you're a happiness researcher. Oh, you wrote this book. You're probably always happy or you're so resilient. You don't ever deal with challenges. And that's such a fallacy. Um, I mean, you know, as you well know, the challenges are part of the are, are part of the success and, and, you know, they drive us. And, and when you can really create meaning and purpose from that um, and derive, you know, positive learnings from that, that's what really creates success. Um, you know, and, and listen, the positivity, uh, positive thinking is incredibly powerful and incredibly important, but it's not certainly not something we should always be doing. In mm-hmm. fact, if you're always thinking positively, there's probably something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you're pro- it's, po- it's probably a mask for something else that you're not willing to deal with. I mean, life, life throws all sorts of curveballs, and part of being resilient is accepting what comes at you um, and, and learning to kind of, you know, flow, flow with that, with the tides, you know, the up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not about maintaining the the high of happiness all the time, which would be incredibly difficult and wholly unrealistic. And I think that's where, at least from my experience, that's where a lot of the pushback has come from. So it's it's nice to know that people who are like you, fully invested in the in the medium and and in the study, are are hearing kind of the same things and have much better answers for it uh, than I do. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Even even in the book, you say happiness isn't always the answer. What, what is it? Is that kind of the same thing or or what do you mean by that? Well, exactly. I mean, we, we, we do so much that we think is going to make us happy, but for some reason we're unhappier than ever before in our culture and, and, and individually. Um, so like I was saying, you know, when we stop focusing so much on becoming happy, we start to actually feel a little happier. You know, it sort of becomes like a byproduct of our choices and our behavior. Um, you know, research has actually shown, and I, and I talk about this a little in my book, that there are actual negative side effects to wanting to be happy all the time. And, and too much of, you know, sort of the wrong type of happiness can be really damaging. So really sort of building up a sense of internal fortitude is, is critical um, for when, you know, life, life throws you challenges, which obviously it inevitably will. Um, I think people get so caught up during a challenge that they feel, you know, that they're that they're experiencing discomfort, and people are, you know, especially in this day and age, they're not they're not okay with that. It makes them very un- uncomfortable. So they try to avoid it, and they try to just get back to those positive feelings, and so they lose the learning that they can gain from from their failures and adversity, and and something's really been lost from that. Do you think the and you hear people talk about this all the time and and to the point where it's almost a parody of itself but the instant gratification culture do you think that that drives some of this lack of happiness lack of resilience because if something doesn't work right away well then it must not be worth doing is that mindset oh, 100%, 100% 100% I mean that is that is a profound shift in our in our cultural experience um you know we're bombarded with with quick fixes and, and wanting everything at such a fast pace. Um, and, and we become, you know, used to things developing like that. And really the human experience is much more complex and we've lost a piece of it because we're so connected to our devices. Um, you know, we've, we've lost that, that edge. We've lost the ability to, to be alone, to, to sit with the negative. People are afraid of negative experiences, you know, because they're just, they, they go back to their devices constantly and it gives them a, a, a super brief sense of, of happiness or a lack of loneliness just because somebody on Facebook says hello. But that's really not, obviously, an authentic relationship. So 
we're, we're sort of um, replacing the human condition with, with these fleeting moments that technology provides us, but it's, it's not long-lasting. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice to check your Facebook or check your Twitter and be like, oh, someone retweeted this yeah. this thought that I had. That's really nice. But I, I do think people do, and, I, and I've been guilty of it, putting so much value in what nameless, faceless people think of our thoughts uh, that it, it, it is detrimental. Do you also think that, uh, and this is another thing that's sort of become a parody of itself, the participation ribbon sort of culture where we really reward people – uh, for effort more than more than results. Do you think that plays into it at all, or is that just something that we're that we're making up to be concerned about? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. I think that um, you know, results are are obviously important. So is the effort. Um, I think that sure. there there needs to be a shift in in valuing. You know, just just the totality of, of whatever we're doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, some people say, well, it's not good to have goals. It's, it's good to just focus on the journey. Well, how can you just focus on a journey if you don't have, you know, a goal in mind? But having said that, our goals shift because we grow, right? And, and right. times change and we need to become flexible. That's what resilient people do really well. Additionally, they're flexible to sort of, they have a goal in mind, but then they're able to sort of, you know, take in moments when doors open, they're able to shift and pivot and potentially, you know, take, take over an opportunity that otherwise wouldn't present itself. So there, it's a really fine line. And, and I always say, you know, just, just go with it. Trust your gut and, you know, have goals, have, have ideas for your future, but also, you know, open yourself up and, and, and intuitively follow your path. Listen, if I had, you know, I, I sought out to be an academic, you know, researcher, and my path <laughs> took many, many, many different turns <laughs> and twists. And, um, you know, and that's part of the human experience. I'm a very goal-oriented, results-driven person. However, having said that, um, you know, I was able to open myself up to things that were they're quite unusual that sort of came into my path. And I think that's a big part of just hum human experience, you know? Yeah. I, and conversely, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, what are you going to be doing? I would not have said I'm doing a positive psychology podcast. I would have probably yeah. I probably would have said something like, oh, I should be, you know, hopefully I'll be somewhere uh, near New York and I want to do the Tonight Show and I want to do all these things. But those opportunities didn't open up. And yet I was able to find I'm really happy doing these podcasts and and working where I work, even if it's not where I thought I was going to be, just because I took advantage of the opportunities that were presented to me. I, I think there's there's something to be said for being happy with, with the road that you were led down. Right, and also, you know, exactly. And, and, and listen, not all of us can be happy with our current circumstances. I totally get that. And there's sure. many of us out there who, who are in situations that are, that are really, you know, really tough, and, and it's, it's really out of our hands. But I do say that we can shift the way with, with which we think about our world. So even if you're in the most dire situation right now um, and, and you're not in a job that you love or, or you're not in a situation that you want to be in, um, you know, we can shift those thinking patterns and be able to see some goodness. And, and there are always blessings. There's always something good in your world. And if we can start to focus on that more, we sort of flood our body with, with positive hormones that, that literally change our biology and prime further positive behaviors and reactions to occur 
that that you know you never know that could like open you know a whole new a whole new door for you that you hadn't seen before. So that's important to remember that we have power over our lives in that way. Oh, absolutely. And, and to build that resiliency, like you talk about in the book, again, 21 Days to Resilience, how to transcend the daily grind, deal with the tough stuff, and discover your strongest self. If you can build that, it makes it easier to remind yourself, like, okay, this is a really bitter experience, but it's the bitter that, that makes the sweet parts so sweet. Like, you, uh, you can't, it yeah. can't just be, it can't just be, you know, you can't eat ice cream all the time. You have to eat your broccoli occasionally so that you know how good that ice cream tastes. And broccoli is really good for you oh, it's, too, and it it's can very taste good. amazing. <laughs> it's very good, but yeah, you ask a five-year-old. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so yeah. I totally get it. But you know, the reality is that, <laughs> that that yes, you know, we absolutely need those downturns to to experience the goodness. But often, those downturns can become the good part. It's it's unbelievable in my life, even just looking back at my life, not even talking about my clients or, or the groups that I work with or speak to. But, you know, I, I thought something was really bad, you know, and, and I it, sh- it shifted for me and became an opportunity that really led the rest of, of my life. You know, I, I didn't end up going to my first choice school in New York. Um, I got in, but I met you know, my, my then boyfriend at the time, and I made a choice to not go. Um, you know, and I sort of at the moment thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing what I should be doing. But I'm now married to that man and two beautiful children, and, and had I gone to New York, I would have had a totally different life. You know, so it, in the moment, what you think is a negative experience often can shift for you if you're able to appreciate it in a different light. Sure. I think it was Rascal Flatts who had like everybody's wedding song for the longest time. Bless the broken road that every, you know, long lost dream led me to where you are sort of thing. Like you can look back eventually and say, okay, that difficulty made me turn here and I had to take this detour. And because of that, I went into this really cool little area and, and discovered something fantastic. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. I love those lyrics. It's a great song. It is a it is a a great great first dance song. It it really, really is. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So what what's been the most challenging part of of bringing this message and 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 bringing your research out for people to to sort of take in and, and comment on? Well, you know, it's always um, it, it's it's such a vulnerable thing to to put yourself out there in this way and write a book about something you're so passionate about. You never know how people are going to react. So I mm-hmm. think you know, I think just the initial steps of writing a book were 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 challenging. You know, you, you have to overcome fears of being exposed and and uh, putting you know putting everything you you think to be true and at the risk of people saying, listen, that's not true. Right. <laughs> so you know, so um, so that was sort of the initial. Uh, the initial hump and then um, and then you know I actually I didn't realize how much work after you write a book it is to kind of get the message out there so um, I've been loving it and I'm so humbled by by you know how people have experienced the book and the incredible feedback I've received thus far but it is definitely a lot a lot of work and um, but exciting you know and I'm I'm super enthusiastic about the whole thing so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Well, we're very excited that you had some time to talk with us about it today. It's the book again, 21 Days to Resilience, How to Transcend the Daily Grind, Deal with the Tough Stuff, and Discover Your Strongest Self. Is this is this book available in fine bookstores everywhere? Is there an online place that folks can get it? 
Um, anywhere books are sold and Amazon, it's also on audio, um, Kindle, all of the above. Yeah, so um, it, it's been it's been a whirlwind. And I also, you know, you can find more information on my website as well about the book. And what is that website? Um, it's zilanamomany.com. All right. Well, I, we can put a link to that up on our yeah. page. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. We'll have a. It's yeah. It's it's a it's a long. I trust me. I deal with that sometimes too. If I use my full name instead of just Jr. Like okay, I've got it. All right. I'll spell it out. Uh, but we'll yeah. put it up on our website, livehappynow.com, and uh, we'll have a sketch note of all of this and and sort of uh, make a graphic to help people sort of see That'd what be fantastic. see what we're talking about and link a place uh, for people to find out more information. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again sometime uh, in the future. Yes, well, I appreciate it very much, and I'm, I love the work you're doing. Keep it up. It's really great stuff. Well, thank you once again, Dr. Mominy. And as we said, there is going to be a free sketch note. It's going to be up on our website, livehappynow.com. And we encourage you to uh, also check out livehappy.com slash survey. Fill out that survey and let us know uh, some things you took away from this episode on Twitter at livehappy. It'll be facebook.com slash livehappy. Or you can send us an email podcast at livehappy.com. Hey, make sure to join us on our next episode. Dr. Joseph Cardillo going to harness your body's energies and create your best life. I look forward to finding out what that means coming up on our next episode of livehappynow.com. For Dr. Mominy, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy.